right, here we go. And we are live. <laughs> it is official. Here we go. Here, here we Dude. go indeed. <laughs> here we go. Yes. <laughs> it's 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 tougher than you think to like set up a podcast, isn't it? It has its yeah. You know? It has a few moments where I'm like, oh, what is this? But we got it. We got it. We're we're good now. <laughs> but we're getting it. Yeah. It's gonna be fine. Yeah. Uh, this is a special episode of the Earbuds Podcast. This is Earbuds and Friends. We have a special guest on the show, Lucas. Why don't you Why don't you do the honors? Uh, am I doing a tro? Am I? Am I? Yeah. Go ahead and do a tro as well. Throw him in there. Right. Make sure he doesn't right. feel too left out. I'm going to make a very special introduction. What's up, buddies? And welcome to another episode of Earbuds, the podcast where very good friends talk about very good albums for a very good amount of time. Uh, We are going to talk about what we like, what we didn't like, what we would change, what we don't want to change. We're going to talk about food, probably. We're going to talk about (laughs) drugs. We're going to talk about life. And eventually we're going to talk about the album that we're listening to today. But before that, I want to introduce ourselves and our very special guest. I am Lucas, the, the jackhammer Intercovs. <laughs> powerful. <laughs> yeah, uh, we have uh, our other very special host that is on these episodes with me, Brett, the Flim Flam Handrahan. Flim Flam Flam! <laughs> <laughs> and today... We have a very special guest, our good friend, our buddy. He is a musician, a guitarist, a songwriter, a frontman. He is has a glorious head of hair right now. He's rocking a <laughs> he's rocking a ponytail in progress. Yes. And I haven't seen his face in over a year and it's so good to see you, our friend Jay Ziegler. Welcome Woo! to the show, buddy. Thank you, sirs. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Thanks a lot. We so happy to have you, man. <laughs> Thank you. Likewise. We always knew. Not, man. I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah. Right, dude. It's been fucking it's been a hell of a year. It's felt like way longer than a year. Yes. And it's just one of those things just like, damn, that it's already been a year and some change already. Like Woof. Man, I went by quick. Oh yeah. But not quick at all. <laughs> right? It, it like flew by, but it somehow has felt like way longer than a year. Yeah, it's like we're stuck in time, but we're going forward in time, but we're not moving anywhere in time. So there you go. I saw some <laughs> I saw some tweet that said something like uh what like when I say last year, I'm talking about twenty nineteen, not twenty twenty. It's right, just, yeah. We're just bypassing that. Yep. Oh yeah, it's like 2020 didn't even exist. It just was uh, it, a footnote. Nothing. You know, 2019. That's that. That was when life was normal. You know. Yeah. No, nothing fun has happened for anybody in 2020. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's been a rough year. So. Yeah, I mean, the only good thing that has come out of it for me, other than like moving in with Christina, is yeah. um, you know, and I I feel like I mentioned this before, and I'm not trying to like brag or anything, but I've lost like a ton of weight in the last year. Dude, so that's that has incredible. been great. Mm. Yeah, that has been a nice change for me. I've lost like 60 pounds. That's awesome. Yeah, I was going to say, you look a lot healthier. Thanks, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. You do too, Brett. Don't leave you out. <laughs> Thank you. I was waiting. I'm over here doing at least two push-ups every couple weeks. Sweet. I'm, I'm That's more than I can do. <laughs> but That's awesome, guys. It's, it's great that you can yeah. do that because people have gotten the uh, – it's like the Quarren 15 or the whatever. The COVID-19. <laughs> yeah. The Quarren yeah. 20 yeah. and 21. 
Yeah, yeah. I've, 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 I just read an article about that this morning. How that's become like a phenomenon the last couple of like months or so. People have you know gained like a, yeah like a quarantine fifteen or whatever they want to call it. Yeah. But now they're trying to do it the opposite where they're getting into shape and it's that that's that was the other half of the article. It was like a uh, uh, like a health fitness like what you can do to get rid of this excess weight you don't want type of thing. You know. Yeah, because Biden fitness. Biden's talking about you know um, that the first real celebration that we'll be able to have probably really safely as a country is july 4th so i think everyone's getting ready for like their summer Mm -hmm. bods now you know Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, i don't know if y'all saw it but um they just announced that they're opening up the vaccine to everyone on monday like next week yeah 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 dude yeah actually uh, it's funny you mentioned i was i was getting my car fixed this morning uh you know the state inspection all stuff and brad uh, the drummer for wild center box brad and uh, mike had messaged me about that too they said hey you know Starting Monday, the 29th, uh, Texas is going to be opening up to all adults eligible for vaccines. So that's that's good news. That's really great news, news, man. Yeah. Oh, that's, a, that's a light at the end of the tunnel, right? It's like, God damn. Oh, hope. yeah. It's finally something to look forward to, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, you know, just this this year, like we just mentioned, it's 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 been rough on everybody. Like, I can't think of anybody that's had, like, you know, quote, unquote, a great year. It's just been so just woof so to finally get to that point like we're already better off than we were six months ago three months ago yeah like right we're, now we're hitting that point like they're doing the the special vaccinations right now and now it's like hey you know starting monday in texas i mean anybody is eligible to get a uh, vaccine if they want it i mean that's that's pretty awesome to make that you know that 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 progress forward right yeah so. who, who would have thought a year ago that a year from now, like, you know, in March of last year, that we would be psyched to get vaccines. <laughs> yeah. Great point. Yeah. I haven't gotten a vaccine in so long. I, yeah, I can't, I, I want to say, I think the last one I personally had was maybe seventh grade. That was 20 something years ago. Right. It's been a while. Are you supposed to get your flu shot every year? I You're supposed did. to. Oh boy. Okay. I never did either. I never did either, man. I, um, I was going to get it in 2019 because one of Christina's good friends um, had a newborn and Christina wanted oh. to go meet him. But, yeah. you know, the people were being smart about it, her friends, and they were like, we want everyone to be vaccinated before they come in here, like with all the, sure. all yeah. the shit, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and I was like, man, I don't want to get a fucking flu shot just to go meet some baby. So I, I fucking sure. didn't do it, and Christina did. And uh, after this whole last year, I'm just like, I think I'm going to get the flu shot every year now. Yeah. It's kind of opened your eyes a little bit in terms of like your health and stuff. Yeah, and kind of like my responsibility as as yeah. a citizen, you yeah. know. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. As a citizen, yeah. <laughs> you know, just to <laughs> quote Starship Troopers. I've watched that drunk at least once a year. I I salute you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, congrats. <laughs> Someone has to, right? Like yeah, oh yeah. Uh, that's funny. Uh, well, before we get into the album, I do want to say a little sure, sure. quick congratulations to Jay. Uh, I saw on Facebook just recently y'all celebrated your seven-year anniversary for Wild Tinderbox. Yes, sir. We did. That's insane. Uh, yeah. Uh, on this, yeah, March 19th, um, you know, seven years ago, uh, after seeing a couple shows during South By, uh, I met our first drummer at, you know, through a Craigslist ad, and then we just hit it off pretty well really nice guy but he ended up only lasting a couple of months but in that span like he helped build the band mm. you know, kind of 
get things started. And then Mike joined our, our you know, Mike Prosser, our bass player. And we had another guitar player at the time, so we were very, very, very briefly a quartet. Uh, but it just was one of those things that just kind of musical differences, nothing personal, just the, yeah, the sure. guitar player left, he wasn't feeling it. And then um, the uh, the drummer, uh, Vaughn, he and his wife ended up moving to California. So like he left, and then Mike and I were kind of on our own for a few months. Then we got our, our second drummer, Roger, a year, a couple months later. And then Roger was awesome, you know, left amicably, he, you know, joined another band. And then that's when we got Brad, our brother uh, in arms and great, awesome dude, mm. Brad Whitfield on the kit. Uh, this was about May of 2016. And so Brad has been uh, the drummer and the purveyor and keeper of the drum throne since then. <laughs> and it is, I mean, I, I, I wish I were joking, but like, that's where I feel like the band really hit our stride when he joined the band and brought just such an awesome very just great persona to it you know great enthusiasm uh awesome swagger on the kit and just you know he's just a good dude and brings a good um you know he has he has a good songwriting ability you know on the last album he released he wrote a couple tunes oh and, yeah um, yeah yeah like yeah because he plays guitar and bass aside from drums and you know he has a very different uh but awesome and equally great um songwriting style compared to what what i do and yeah just like I said, no exaggeration. When he joined, the band just like went way better. Not, no, no offense to the previous members, but like <laughs> we found our dude. Like we it clicked, man. Yeah, right. We, it yeah, clicked. So. Yeah, that's awesome. So, yeah. Thank you. So yeah, so seven years, and, and we're not stopping. And in this quarantine and 2020, we've been writing a whole bunch of new material. So be prepared for when uh, I'm psyched, we, man. We'll, dude, yeah. Like we'll we'll promote all your stuff at the end too. But I just wanted to. Sure. A little seven year thing, just you know, I don't know. It's just it's a very cool thing that that that's that huge. lasted so long. Y'all are on, y'all are basically anywhere music is found, right? iTunes and YouTube yep. Music and Google and all that stuff. All that yep. stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hard boiled fire is an amazing album. I feel like people Incredible. slept on it. I feel like it's underappreciated in its time, but absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Thank you guys. That was one that's like my um, friendship with you guys like went out the window when I listened to that album that I have like objectively like, it's like fuck you guys. Abs- like, Why? yeah, I was like, fuck, like, <laughs> I don't care how much I like these guys. I'm going to, I'm going to listen to this with a very critical ear. And, sure. And, um, and ask Brett, dude, I'm a, I'm a hater. Um, yep. Yep. I will, I will slice shit, you know, fucking with a Ginsu knife as much as I can. Sure. Sure. He's got a little um, low self esteem, so it helps, you know, and I have, I have to <laughs> fucking bring someone down to bring myself up, you know, and yeah. dude, yeah, objectively really, really love that record. I remember playing it Thank you. Uh, in my house and like both of my roommates at one point came out and they were like, what are you listening to? I'm just like, dude, <laughs> yep. these are my boys right here. Yep. Thank I'll, you. I'll put it on in the car and uh, every occupant that's been in there is like, oh dang, who is this? And I'm like, it's Wild Tinderbox. I'm like, oh dang, yeah, I need to check out that album. <laughs> that's cool. That's awesome. Thank you guys. You know, just you know, it, it's 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 interesting because we the last show we played was March of last year, and we finished recording the album like before we played the last show, like before all this happened. So the stuff on the album, we haven't played those versions live, which is weird. To wow. Me. Like. So like Man. everything you're hearing on the record, like that's the final final versions, of course. Right. But like even when we were still playing, we were still tinkering with the with the stuff. So it'll be really that's like the other part of getting back together. Like once all this is finally safely coming to a close, 
we can finally regroup and play these versions live. And it's just, yeah. Right. <laughs> That's why I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> so, yeah. so thanks again, guys. Really appreciate the kind of work. Of course, man. Y'all deserve it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, seven years uh, in any type of relationship is a huge feat. It's a it's an it accomplishment, is. you know. Especially yeah. an extremely yeah. sexual one like y'all's. Yeah, lot, lots of lots of tension there. Lots of tension <laughs> on there. stage. Of, uh, and, and speaking of and, yeah. uh, sexual tension, I think we ought to get onto this album. Yeah, sure. dude. I'm, yeah. I've been edging since we started recording. Um, oh, the man. album that we're talking about today is by a band called Morphine. Um, the album's called Yes. And this is, uh, Jay, this was your recommendation, man. So, like, it is. What about, um, what about, because I know that you were, you know, you were thinking about a bunch of different records. You brought up, like, Master of Puppets, yep. um, London Calling, yep. a few other ones that you were thinking about talking about. And you settled on this one. And I was, like, curious. Like, you know, I've never heard Morphine before. Um, so like, what was it about this record that like really, that you really wanted to, to talk about it? Yeah. Cause a couple things like I, I, you know, I, hands down, I love master of puppets. I love London calling, uh, fresh fruit for the rotting vegetables, you know, by the day Kennedy's like those albums are great. Don't get me wrong. But I feel like they've been getting a lot of, uh, talk lately, especially puppets that just turned 35 a few weeks ago. Oh wow. And like that's yeah. 35 years of an incredible thrash metal record. But with Yes by Morphine, I feel like that's an album that it's, I mean, Morphine is critically lauded. They're, they're you know, great at their time. They're just an underappreciated band. And yeah, they never got a lot of commercial success, right? Yeah, they were definitely, like, you know, critically well-acclaimed and, and whatnot, but they just they just couldn't really, like, they like they were bigger, like, in other countries, like in Europe and stuff. And, in, you know, they're from Cambridge, Massachusetts, so in the Boston area they were big. But, but yeah, just... Um, they were just one of those like very strict underground indie, you know, whatever you want to call it, bands that just were very well, you know, critically acclaimed, but just didn't break out of their stronghold in the underground. So like listening to that album, I, I had, um, you know, I've been listening to them for years and years and years, and a couple of their tunes came on. When I was at work a few days ago. I'm like, you know what, this would be a good one. And like I said, no disrespect to puppets. Like I love that album, but. I feel like that one's been talked about a lot. So like, sure, let's yeah. Let's do one. That, sure. let's, let's do. Let's do a challenge. Let's do this album. Get this one. It's a do. Yeah, and it sounds like you know. Let's let's do this one. Let's do yes by Morphine. This is a really good solid record. Uh, and so I, I believe the album that came right before this one, Cure for Pain, was yes. much more popular than this one. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And yeah. if you're a general fan, why why this album in particular? I just feel like this one was deeper in terms of like the subject matter, and I just feel like it, you know, in my personal opinion, like it's got some of their best songs on here. Like "Care for Pain" is great, and that's actually how I found them when I was, you know, a little kid. I remember watching the video. They watched it on Beavis and Butthead. Funny enough, really. It was a video for, yeah, for "Care for Pain," and I saw that album at a you know vinyl uh, um, record store on C. It was a CD copy in my college town. You know, when I went to school in Florida State. I saw a copy of Care for Pain for like you know three four dollars used. I bought it. It was great. But, but through that, that's how I found Yes and and all their other stuff. And like I love Care for Pain, but I feel like that was like still their earlier stages. Whereas on Yes, they really hit a vibe that was just like, ooh, it's 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 <laughs> really good. Kind of honed in on their strengths a little more on this one. Very yeah, exactly. That's the best way to describe that. They really honed in on the strength. The songwriting's tighter. The production is way better, and just yeah, like Mark Sandman, rest in peace. He's just got a great voice, and his bass playing is so freaking cool. 
Yeah. It just, it's, oh, man. It, yeah. There's definitely a vibe to this. Definitely a vibe. Very much so. Yeah. They are, yeah. They are quite the interesting band, right? Yeah. Uh, well, what, what, go ahead, Brad. Sorry. Well, I was just going to ask Lucas if he'd seen any live videos from these guys. No, no. I, um, the only the only exposure I had to these guys before um, we recorded, or I guess before I listened to this album, was man when I started that Honey Sweet song, the opening track. <laughs> oh, Honey, honey White. White, Honey White, yep. Honey White. I was immediately taken back to some '90s comedy that I've seen a hundred times, and I I was like, holy shit! This song was in a soundtrack. It was in some scene, some zany driving yeah. around comedy scene and I was I could not fucking pinpoint where I'd heard this before and after uh-huh. like I had to google it like 15 different ways with the right combination of words to figure out where I'd heard this before but yeah have either of y'all heard of a movie called Nothing to Lose with Martin Lawrence no uh, is, it, is that the one with Tim Robbins in it yeah okay I've never seen it. I know what you're talking about though yeah okay yeah. so there's some scene in that movie where they're driving around and they're you know crashing into shit and doing all this crazy yeah. stuff and that song's playing so i all really? i remember growing up was that <laughs> <laughs> and i was and you know in the movie i'm just like oh what a what a goofy like line what a goofy yeah. like kind of saxophone yeah. thing and i had no i yeah. if you had not brought up this album i would have never known who that song was by yeah. i would have just assumed it was like you know written by the the fucking composer the, the for composer, the movie yeah. or whatever um so yeah so there was like i haven't i haven't looked into anything else by them but i feel like yeah the first i haven't watched any videos either but i feel like the the vibe that i got from them other than you know that they're a three-piece band they have no guitar the, it's yep. a it's a two-string bass mm-hmm. yep um with a, a slide with a slide, yeah, yeah, um, a saxophonist who plays a, different types of saxophones, from what I can hear. Yeah, Dana Colley, he plays Barry for the most part, but he plays alto as well. And a, and a drummer, right? Yep. And the only time I've seen that type of setup was um, Ben Folds Five, like a similar right. setup, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but instead of saxophone, they have a piano. So right. I didn't know, like, with the opening track, man, I, I didn't know what to expect with the rest of the record because I was just like, wow, this doesn't sound like Jay. Like, this sounds like too. <laughs> This sounds way too goofy and and fun and kind of silly, um, but yeah, the rest of the record definitely had a vibe. But uh, oh yeah, oh, do yeah. they are there live performances or are they like kind of weird or something, Brett? Like, uh, I know that, that I know that there is a uh, they released like a bootleg album called like, Live in Detroit in like the late nineties because yeah, th- this album yes came out in nineteen ninety five. So you're right about all the eighties or excuse me the nineties vibes, but uh, they released Live in Detroit. I want to say after Mark Sandman's death, he died in nineteen ninety nine, and um. But I, I, as far as like live footage, I don't know if there was much. I I, I haven't seen much uh, on YouTube, but I know there's like I think there's something. But yeah, I, I haven't seen much of their live stuff. But there's a lot of like live um, uh, audio you can hear. Like I know there's some on Spotify. I think you can probably pull it up on YouTube stuff like that. But as far as like visual stuff, I haven't seen much of it. But yeah, they uh, that that yeah. With yes, is just, what I love about that album. What's funny you mentioned it kind of starts off goofy. Honey yeah. White's a great opener, and it's like totally, it just sets the mood. Um, you know, with with that saxophone coming in, and then just Mark Sandman is he was very into like the beat generation style of like writing, like a very Jack Kerouac, uh, Allen Ginsberg kind of captures that fifties uh, art, uh, Wild West, you know, 
on the road. Oh, sure. Vibe, yeah, for sure. Not a lot yeah, of fluff, so, you know, like well, not a lot yeah. of descriptors or anything. He's just like, it's yeah. 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 Kind of like, yeah, like very like, he just writes stories. He's a great, he was a great story writer. And so part of it's kind of hard boiled detective type of vibe, but then you also have the, the beat generation, yeah. beatniks, Kerouac vibe. And, I don't know, it's just like, yeah, with the lack of a guitar and it's a two-string slide bass, baritone saxophone, and a very simple drum setup, like, it's just, they're jazz rock, or they used to call each other low rock. Low rock, and, yeah. Yeah, very just, everything was low, like, you know, just his vocals, his baritone vocals, and then you have the Barry sax, and then the bass, it's just, I don't know, it's just, they just have such a unique, awesome sound, I've never heard a band really come together with that before, and so when I bought Cure for Pain in college, and you know, led to yes and like swimming and all their other albums. I was just like, they're just hypnotic, man. And it just yeah, like true to the name, like they're they're referencing Morpheus, you know, the, the god of dreams. And so it's very dreamy, very like swirly, kind of you know, atmospheric in a sense. Kind of puts you in a in a very specific vibe. So it's I've always liked that about that band. They're just really talented. I feel like hypnotizing is a great description for a good amount of these songs yeah 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 Yeah, the 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 bass like being the driver of um a lot of the music it is like there's so much low end because not just a two-string bass but yeah which baritone sax which i fucking love baritone sax oh yeah i love that that sound ever since i first heard like fella cootie and like afrobeat stuff just that oh yeah super low end i wanted a baritone sax immortalis for like years I thought that'd be so fucking cool to add to the sound. Oh yeah, we're not dead but, yet. Yeah, that's true. Um, I'm I'm dead to y'all, but uh, you're, you're not dead to the world. <laughs> we'll do it without you. Don't worry. Oh, I know. Uh, well, yeah, the second I leave, that's when y'all get a fucking baritone sack. <laughs> but this is yeah, this is very very unique. Like I've definitely haven't heard a lot of music that sounds like this, and it's yeah, it's interesting. Like I remember your descriptor to me. You called it like noir. Like there's a it has noir vibes. Yep. And now that you say it again, like kind of like hard boiled detective, like pulp. Yeah, film noir. Film, yeah, yeah kind of like pulp detective stuff. I can definitely hear that. Like, yeah. Looking, listening to it through that uh, filter, like kind of yeah. gives it a different vibe a little bit. Yeah, definitely. And uh, like Honey White's a great example. That's uh, it's just really interesting. Like the lyrics, the lyrics are very like tongue-in-cheek it's like a, a, a word play between the female character and the devil and you find out that honey white is you know he says uh, honey white traded for some angel angel food he's talking about drugs and the girls hmm. get detected to, to drugs right so the devil's yeah. trying to come after her some angel but dust see that the, yeah right right you know, exactly i assumed so, honey white was cocaine right same similar you know any type of drugs reference and it's just you know any drug will that, do yeah, right, exactly. And so it's but it's like a good little like cat and mouse game between the two characters, between the devil and this and this female character, the femme fatale or whatever. And it's like she's like, you know, you'll get me when I'm old and wizened, and not a day before that, you know. And the devil's like, I want, I, I don't mind waiting for you, you know. So it's like real playful, but playing with like fire and uh, mm. serious subjects. So I always thought that was really uh, like lyrically, Mark Sandman was just really brilliant with how he could convey these stories and characters in these songs and it's just you know whether they're autobiographical or not that's really been up to debate no one really knows but because he was always like a mysterious type of guy but he just wrote really awesome stories that's what i love about their songs yeah he's he does seem to have a very 
tongue-in-cheek, sarcastic kind of uh, way of writing a lot of his yep. lines in there. Uh, like a, a lot of, I feel like a lot of super sex is, is kind yeah. of like that. Super sex was, was real goofed. It's one of my favorites. Thought about the president has super, too. super, super, super sex. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, like, oh, yeah. how did you interpret his lyrics like that? Like, is that something that you've learned, like, through interviews with him or something like that? Because I did feel like the lyrics were um, vague enough that I didn't really understand what he was saying. Like, or, t- you know, what he was referring to in a lot of the songs. Sure. I think he just had to, yeah, I, I think I maybe I read some stuff on him because he was notoriously, like, he didn't talk to the press. He, he was very, like, well-respected in the community in the Cambridge-Boston area, but he was very, like, pri- he was just a very intensely private person. So whatever I could find on him, and, you know, he would you know, he'd mainly just talk about the band as a, as a whole and just, you know, talk about these stories. So my interpretations are kind of just my own. Like, sure. he obviously was influenced by, like, a William S. Burroughs or – uh, like that, that that beat generation I mentioned earlier, but you know just reading the lyrics and hearing them with that vibe that that jazzy film noir filter yeah. but with a rock setting, like it just kind of like came together. It was like okay, like a song like Whisper, track four, like like to, with, uh, what Brett said about the sarcastic vibe. It's like the the opening lines, you know, don't worry, I'm not looking at you, gorgeous and dressed in blue. Mm-hmm. Like I just imagined some like drunk, washed up, private eye or something in the bar, like. You know, just battling a hangover or something. He looks at this gorgeous woman across the bar, and he's like, "Yeah, don't, don't worry. I'm not looking at you. I know, <laughs> like, I see you, and you're incredibly gorgeous, but I'm not looking at you. You know, kind of like a playing hard to get. You know, screwball comedy, but you know, all that stuff. And so, yeah, whisper just, me your number is kind of. I thought that was kind of a cool, cool line. Like, whisper your, yeah. whisper me your number, and I'll call you later. But I'll it can, it can definitely home, be a little yeah. creepy too. True. Oh yeah. Whisper your number to my ear. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like you know, but like the but like given like the bass is like got that real like slow dirgy kind of cool vibe. I'm like, yeah, right, I could see where Sam, Mark Sandman was going. He's like, you know, whisper me a number. I'll call you up yeah. at home. Like a wink and a nod. Like, hey, I'll I'll talk to you later. Here's a look at you, kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, but, we talked about that with. Um, so we recorded an episode recently with Luis. Yep. And um, he, we mentioned that we were going to talk about this record with you. And he, him and Michael uh, apparently really like Morphine a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, cool. Awesome. And he, 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 I was asking, like, we both asked him, what is it about them that you like? Like, what, like, what do you dig about the vibe and all that stuff? And he mentioned that, because so at that point I had only heard uh, Honey White. Right. So Honey White is a weird intro to the album. Like for the, it doesn't really set you up for what that whole album oh, is sound yeah. like, right? It, co- it comes in right away, like boom, like da da Very upbeat, you know. So for the rest of the record, I was just like, because Luis said, "Oh man, it just to me it sounds like what you would like the type of music that you would hear when you're like in a dingy dark bar and you're like drunk in the middle of the day, and it's just this like kind of sluggish like." music that's just like perfect to be drunk to and just like in a quad in a dark room and i was yeah. just like are you talking about am i listening to the right record because i was like all i've heard so far is like fucking blues brothers 2000 or something i was just like that yeah. doesn't sound sad or like barroom vibes to me sure but when i actually like yeah when it when the album played out i definitely felt yeah. more of those that energy of just like a little more laid back and temp and low tempo a little you know yeah um yeah, I think it's it's a it's a cool vibe, especially like it has its place, especially like yeah. I feel like 
you can't go into this album. Maybe you as a fan already, like you can go into this, like in any mood that you're in or in any situation or scenario. But I feel like as this played out, I was like, Oh yeah, dude, like I do want to be in a drunk in a bar (laughs) in the middle of the day. Like, you know, listening to this while I cry into like a glass of whiskey, you know, and I was like, I yeah. get that vibe for sure. Sure. For sure. Uh, you also, you also said Lucas, like we were talking about it. You said, maybe I should just like drive around while listening to this album. Yeah. You know, did you kind of do that? Did you pop that. a window open, put your shoulder out, just kind of look at the lights in the city or. Oh, Dude, man, yeah. you called it. Um, I, <laughs> I got high and I fucking, um, at night I just got in my car and yeah, with the windows down, cranked this the first time I listened to it, like the whole way through. Cool. Adds so much to the, to the vibe to the of it vibe all. To, mm. Yeah, it does. Yeah, like yeah, there's there's a whole there's a run of tunes on that album. It's just like like Whisper like, has one of the best saxophone solos that Dana Colley ever did. It's just it's just so sexy, good. dude. I, the music on that song is is beautiful. Yeah. it's great. Yeah, it is. It's gorgeous. The bass line on that song kind of gave me uh, seasickness. <laughs> on on uh, Whisper, yeah. Uh, that's fine. It's just kind of like uh, I'm just oh, like oh god. Yeah. <laughs> uh, super sex of course. That one's just a real fun, straightforward one. But then there's like uh, there's some like I like that they they weren't afraid to experiment either. Uh, like the jury is another really cool. Tune. That's an interesting one. Yeah, yeah. It's really like warbly bass and like a you know spoken word type of piece, and right. that, that, that goes that goes in line with what he was talking about with you know with the previous stuff like the. The beat generation Keats and uh, mm-hmm. William S. Burroughs type of stuff, you know, very uh, Kerouacky, like the defendant will be remanded to the bailiff, all that type of stuff. Yeah, and so the, you, the beat generation, I feel like, did they also kind of like glorified drug use, right? Like, yeah, to, it was it was very much a part of that culture. Yeah. So it was, it's I kind of like the yeah. Ernest Hemingway, the generation after the Ernest Hemingways, that they're like, hey man, being an alcoholic and doing drugs is like what being an author is about. <laughs> So, like, yeah, I think I mean, that kind sure. of adds to this vibe, too, that it's just like, hey, man, just do some heroin and listen to fucking morphine. <laughs> and that'll at least keep that you was, fucking alive. That was not a recommendation sure. to our listeners. <laughs> no, no. no. I know what you meant, though. Yeah, if there's yeah, something it, I learned for sure, like, when I was doing the album of the days last year, was that there really is a time and place for certain records. And, like, yeah. a lot of times when I was listening to my albums of the day last year, I was playing video games because that was, like, the moment that I had to myself and to you know, really sit down and listen to something like, and playing a game that I'd play NBA 2k or FIFA, like something I don't pay much attention to. But I feel like a lot of those albums probably didn't get as good a ratings as they would have, because a lot of those records are not good. Like this record wouldn't be good to listen to while I'm like chilling, playing video games, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think that's that. No, you're absolutely right. Like there are certain albums that, yeah, do conjure up a mood. You got to be in like, I love rage against the machine without question one of my favorite bands and they're great to listen to if you're amped up and pumped up and maybe in an angry mood but if you're like chilling out and vibing like i'd I'd probably put something else on like i love them don't get me wrong but (laughs) there's a time and a place right time and place and you're not receiving it the same way like if you're not right right, it's not in the right context you know so like once right once luis kind of put it in like the barroom context, I was like, okay, yeah. let me put myself there, and that made me sure. like it a lot more. And then you giving it that the noir pulp detective type of vibe too. I'm just like, okay, yeah. that's even more like you're, you're putting yeah, it gives me there, you more of a you know? yeah, it, it gives you more of a like a like a room to 
to wait, like move around it, you know? Your headspace is like much more defined right. to listen to it, to mm-hmm. get ready for it. And that, uh, and that might actually be a perfect transition into what may be a new uh, little segment in our show. Okay. May or may not. What, what drug would you do to this? No, <laughs> sir. <laughs> it's cocaine, Brett, Brett can't stop talking about drugs on these episodes, man. Jay, uh, yes. I want to ask you, what is like the ideal situation to give this album like the best chance what is the perfect way to listen to this album what is the, like the perfect situation what in and what's going on around you what's your environment great question i would say um a lot of the songs on this album were like dealt with a lot of like heartbreak or that playfulness between the sexes you know between you know guys you know either infatuated with a girl or he's like whatever mm-hmm. so Weirdly enough, like maybe after a breakup or some sort of when something doesn't work out, like you put you in a, like a headspace where you're kind of like an underdog figure. Like you've had a bad day or you're feeling kind of shitty. Kind of feel like the world's against like, you. Yeah, like kind of like the theme of the album where it's like, you it's know, a somber. Like, a, like a level. Yeah, like a lovable loser type of character. Not that you're a loser, but, you know, you're just like you're having a bad day or you're having like a day where you're just like, man, you know, no, well, there it is. OK, you just kind of expect something whatever to happen but then you listen to this album you put it on and you're just you know, like what lucas said like he was just like what honey why what's where's this coming from it just comes out of nowhere and then that saxophone riff is just so killer and it really is it just yep and like what it just it, it conjures up so many good emotions at the same time being very um kind of a downer like it's not i wouldn't call this album a downer per se but it does put you in a low like okay you're not going to be energetic. You have to be kind of chill in this mode. Yeah. But it's sure. like a chill where you're like, oh, man, kind of a kind of a rough day. So I'm just going to just relax, put this album on, and it just lifts your spirits up. Just kind of let it heal your bones a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, especially like Whisper. Like you, you've mentioned that track a couple times already, but yep. definitely Whisper is like, yeah, it's like uh, – yeah, coming home and just like, oh god, and you just like pour yourself a drink and you light a yeah. cigarette. And you just sit there, just like quietly, and just look at the corner of the room for like thirty minutes. Little little yeah. distant sax in the background. Yeah. yeah, a little like a little ray of light coming through the blinds, just like going directly into your eyes, and you're just like, Ugh. yeah, it's very yeah. A lot of the lyrics are very guarded. Like he was obviously guarding his heart. Like he obviously wants to express that he likes these women or has a de- desire. The character has a desire to be with a woman or you know whoever he wants, but he's guarding his emotions. Like, that's why he's like, you know, don't worry, I'm not looking at you, mm. gorgeous and dressed in blue. You know, it's just very like, I see you, but you know. You know, and he says, he even says in the song, he's like, you know, I could tell it drives you crazy when you pretend, uh, when I pretend you don't exist. And it's just, uh, but he knows what he wants to do, you know. You got a nego. Really cool. <laughs> <laughs> right. But yeah, I think, uh, you know, in general, like, this, the, the album is just, it's got so many good ones on it. I just, I mainly just, aside from the lyrics, I love the riffs in some of the tunes, like Radar. That's, you know, the, the saxophone riffs are cool. Yeah. Uh, it just kind of conjures up like the idea of driving on the highway, like you were saying, mm-hmm. Lucas. Like a very, a lot of driving type of songs. Sharks is like that. It's like almost like a punk tune for them. Yeah. Because it has that. Yeah. It's a swing punk bass riff. It's really cool. Kind of a. And uh. uh yeah. Kind of like a psychobilly type thing. Yeah, that's a good way to put that. Yeah, it's got a psychobilly vibe at some points with horns and jazz. Yeah, and this is totally a desert record. 
Like this is perfect yeah, for driving through that. the desert and just having the that the chill vibe. I, yeah, I thought it was pretty cool too. Like, um, I like all the. I I really like their melodies a lot. Like the melodies that he uses. Yeah. He is a he's a very understated singer. Um, yeah. He's very reserved with his singing. He doesn't really go above yeah. a certain like level, even in like volume. Kind of a crooner. Kind yeah, of a crooner, very, right? Exactly. Low very voice, crooner, yeah. and it's pretty cool. Uh, he kind of reminded me of the national, the singer of the national, a little bit in that way. Okay, yeah, yeah, I could see that. Um, but it's yeah, cool to yeah. see that he, uh, Les Claypool and Josh Homme have cited uh, him as an influence on on both of their yeah. music, which is like pretty fucking cool, man. Those oh, are wow. that is really cool. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I I totally see it. I, I and hear it too. And it's like you know. Morphine's one of those bands that just were, you know, to go back to the beginning, it was just like they had a great following in the Boston, Cambridge area, and they were, you know, beloved in, like, you know, like the underground, and, you know, they went over to Europe a few times and whatnot, and, you know, they had a great underground base and critical acclaim, but they just didn't really, like, touch the um, the mainstream nerves. And I think it was, you know, grunge was happening. It makes sense. And then it kind of went from grunge to the post-rock, post-alternative, whatever. So they, they just kind of were just kind of like out in left field, you know, doing their own thing. No other band was doing what they were doing. Yeah. Almost, and it really hasn't had that ever since. Yeah, I can't really think of any other band that sounds like this. They're almost kind of jam, jam bandy to me a little bit too. Yeah, like jam, yeah, I could see that. Like, yeah, jazzy jam, like noir rock. <laughs> it's yeah. hard to pinpoint it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, very much in that similar, in that vein, yeah good stuff though i just yeah and uh i know it was mark sandman that died in 1999 they, was, they were playing in italy and he died on stage dude and, he had uh, a heart attack on stage yeah in the middle of a he set he was playing you know? super so, sex oh god that was the song i never he found out what song it was but you know he, hey man he, everyone you know, wants band- to go out having sex so if you're gonna go out at least play it play a song <laughs> at least make it sex. super yeah yeah there you go but uh i've i've i i haven't seen him live or or whatnot but I know occasionally there's uh, the remaining members of the band. So there was uh, Dana Colley, the saxophone player, uh, Billy Conway, and Jerome Dupree, the band's two drummers. Um, for a while, they had a group called Vapors of Morphine, mm-hmm. which they mainly played in Boston. They played in New Orleans and a couple of like festivals and stuff. So occasionally they'll do like little tours and do um, – they have some other guy. I can't remember his name. But they'll play uh, – basically it's a tribute act from the Sandman estate. Like they're, they're all, all in it. And they'll go and play morphine songs and also new compositions. So at least they're keeping the uh, legacy alive, which is really cool. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Yeah, that is pretty cool. And it's it's cool that they're willing to respect his legacy a little bit and like his time yeah. in the band. That we're not, they're not going to go out as morphine. Like they're going to go out as vapors of morphine, yeah. which is a great, yep, cool band name mm-hmm. too. Um, yeah, it is. But I thought that was really cool, man. Yeah, there's a really crazy story too that apparently uh, Mark. He also like he used to drive a taxi. Yep. Yeah, he was a taxi cab driver in the Boston area, and I want to say, yeah, he like he got I stabbed mean, it, by a passenger. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> the dude was he was lived a pretty rough life uh, at some point, and you know from what I've what I've read about, I I don't you know like I said I just he had so many few details about his personal life leak out that it's kind of like. That's what's so interesting about him. He's such a mysterious dude. It's like legend. Or mysterious guy. Yeah. It's all legend, so, like, yeah. It, yeah, it's, exactly. It's all like, you know, the legend of Mark Sandman, you know. But I think they actually, uh, I want to say, like, it was like a decade ago, someone had made a documentary on Sandman, on, on Mark Sandman, and 
I didn't see it yet, but I want. I, I definitely want to see it. It's just you know, I think it was like you know, documentary on the band and him personally. And I remember it came out. I want to say like a decade ago, or somebody was working on it. But you know, you can look for yourself. I'm sure it's on the internet somewhere. <laughs> I, it can't be that hard to find. I don't think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, just, I wish I knew the name, but I don't know the name off the top of my head. Man, I will say too, like before we get into our choice nugs. Um, yeah. Jay, me and Brett have probably mentioned you and Michael maybe not even by name but just by like legend i guess um <laughs> in, in several episodes of this podcast already because like you both are the the most um i don't even know how to you're not like music historians but you're just so like knowledgeable on the bands that you really like um you're so you know so much about like oh this yeah but that guy the, like he only played drums on this record and then then he went and like you know like other bands that they were in and you know like who produced the records and all this stuff and it's just yeah. like i don't have like space in my i have a huge <laughs> head but i don't have space in my brain <laughs> to to contain all that knowledge and it's just like i am constantly just like impressed and um yeah just like it's you you both have such a, a wealth of of music knowledge that i think it's it's so oh, fun to, to talk to you guys about this stuff because yeah both you know i don't think it's a coincidence that you and michael have both introduced albums that me and brett have never heard of <laughs> yeah i was just saying if michael is listening at some point i love his taste in music he's just he's turned me on to some stuff i've never even thought about like uh, earlier this year he uh, recommended um man what was it it was a really good one and he was he was like he was all over that he's like you got to hear this album oh you got to hear ask the ages by sonny chirac and i was like okay i'll give it a shot and that is yeah i know it's one of michael's favorites and he was just you know i think you'll like it and it is a out of this world jazz crazy record i'm like you know what that is definitely michael's taste and i appreciate it and this is awesome <laughs> yeah but yeah no he, i don't he's, uh, he's He's a cool cat. He, so. Yeah, man. He he definitely has a, a very wide range of musical tastes. And, uh, man, he uh, – I don't think I'll have heard Turkish folk music if it wasn't for Michael, you know? I know, right? Isn't that awesome? So, like psychedelic <laughs> African music from the 60s. Like that's – like yeah. he has opened my world to a lot of stuff. And <laughs> you have too, and it's just like – you know, we're on that group thread, like me, you, and him. Oh, sure. Sometimes yeah. I just take a back seat, and I'm just like, I'm going to let these two just fucking like, you know – <laughs> just uh, give each other reach arounds sure. musically for however no, you want. Like it's just it's so I'll just sit there and I'm just like these two guys just like it's just so impressive to me that I'm just like sure. you know, I feel like I felt like I I was not mainstream and I know, you know, all the bands I'm into, you're not gonna hear on the radio, man. Like I feel like that's my <laughs> style and then I realize sure. I'm so fucking I'm such a basic bitch compared to y'all's like musical taste. It's like a kiddie pool they're, compared they're to albums, a well. I mean, yeah. You know, and and this is a this is a testament to to your influence too, there, Lucas and Fred as well. I'm doing my own list of this year of uh, albums I've never heard the full entireties of. That's right. And I mean, there's 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 ones on there I haven't done. Like I, I listened the other night. I listened to uh, Matchbox 20s uh, Yourself for Someone Like You. Great and That album was massive. You know, 25 years ago, I never heard the whole thing. So, like, I I greatly appreciate the words and you know. Uh, praise and stuff like like but i'm in the same boat at times like there are albums that i have yet to hear and i'm like okay i just do my research when i can like there's there's just a whole whole world out there man oh there's yeah so many yeah for sure there's turkish folk music there's japanese rockabilly there's it's, you know dude. australians uh stoner metal i mean oh, name it. the They're best all, <laughs> it's all, you know that's what makes the world great man there's just so many 
flavors of, of sounds and keys and modes and whatever you want to call it, ambience and drones. Oh know, yeah. Riffs and you know solo, whatever you want to call it. It's just it, it it's it's fascinating. It really is. And for me, I feel like it gets better when you get older. You know, that's the one. Been I actually turned thirty six next week, so I'm like, ah, oh, there nice. we go. Nice. Happy oh, early that's, birthday, that's, bud. Uh, yeah, thank you, bud. <laughs> so, so yeah, I feel like especially now, like you know, the older I've gotten, like you know, the stuff that you guys have mentioned. Like I know you're a huge, you know, RX Bandits and Big Wig fan. You love all that crazy punk stuff and. Brett uh, Danger Hanrahan, one of the best drummers in Austin, Texas. Oh, Goddamn yeah. right. <laughs> Stop <Yeah>. it. <laughs> Fucking right. Dude, yeah, and that's not to take away from, like, like Brett and Luis also have, like, just introduced yeah. me to, like, so much music that I oh, yeah. would have never heard. And it's, like, it's really, sure. like, I love having musicians as, as like, good friends, man, because it's just, like, we yeah. all share mm, that interest sure. and that passion. But we all have, so, yeah. like, stuff that we can show each other. Like no, not one of us yeah. listens to all the same shit as the other, you know. Yeah. Right, and 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 even in in, in uh, Wild Tinderbox, that's the same thing. Like Mike is a huge, uh, you know, he loves a lot of like the power metal stuff, like Sabaton and you know stuff. I I don't I, I don't listen to that much as much as he does, but like his passion for it is just so amazing. And then you know Brad's got a really he's in a heavy stoner metal, but then he'll throw on Chromio and be like, yeah, these guys are great. Ooh, and they are. Okay. Chromio is amazing. Chromio is awesome. Um, yeah, so like you know, the, the even within our band, it's like you know, our tastes are very diverse, but they all are, uh, they're all something to just learn every single every single day. You know, it's great. I feel bad for people who don't have music in their lives, like we like you know. Yes. I, I I have friends who music is just kind of something that plays in the background. They don't really you know have a favorite yeah. band or right you know anything like that. And I can't I can't imagine I, that. Yeah, I, I I was gonna say I can't I can't fathom the same concept i'm just like how does that happen like like i understand if you're not into like you know you know deep underground music i understand that but like even like a top 40 or you know something that would be aimed at like a more popular middle of the road audience they're like no it's just you know background noise i'm like i, I just that just goes over my head i don't get it <laughs> so but hey you know all, all, all power to them but at the, at the end of the day like hey you know like you said we you know, love music. It's like a language, you know, it is. It's like mm-hmm. we come from different angles and worlds and ways of, of uh, interpreting all that. And, you know, to share that and to appreciate not just your own, but like from other people's perspective, that's what makes it, I think, even better, you know? Right. Absolutely. It's even, even right now I'm wearing a Stax record shirt and yeah. you're wearing a Megadeth shirt. Like we're just fucking, we're They're all over the map, dude. I love it. Yeah. And I'm wearing an oh, Amazon shirt. Awesome. Represent, dude. <laughs> Form a union. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're trying. We're working on it. <laughs> I just fucking but, uh, snorted. Before, uh, before we get to Narnugs, I think it's only fair that we do talk about some grievances with this record. Okay. Because I'm speak speak truth, King. <laughs> we well, because we've been talking 45 minutes. We've been giving nothing but praise. So it's gonna be real surprising when you hear my rating. I think. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, but for one thing, I think, for me at least, I need to be in a very specific mood in order sure. to kind of listen through this entire album. You me know? too. I'm right there with you. Okay. Setting up the right vibe, setting up the right context yeah. for this music. Sure. Where you're willing to, you know, accept this type of music into. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot of a uh, just personally. I don't listen to very like low tempo stuff too often. 
Sure. You know, so it's like kind of out of my wheelhouse and the uh, the two string slide bass. Yeah. Uh, I kind of wish there was a little more. I kind of wish he used the, the like the higher frets a little more often. You know, because it seemed like a lot of the time he's kind of using the first three frets and kind of going between those and a lot of low end. Tons a lot of, low, of low, low end. Very low. Yeah. <laughs> And like that's sure. that's the vibe of the record. Like that's the whole atmosphere they're trying to set, you know. Right. And so I don't. It's not. It's nothing against the band, but just for me personally, you know. Yeah. Which is why I think sure. I, uh, I liked, Sharks. Yep. And uh, what was another one? Like Super Sex, where we was yep. kind of adventuring a little more on the instrument yeah <laughs> kind of sliding up the bass a little bit more and hitting the higher notes yeah yeah i feel like sharks is the most close the other the only other song that most closely related to honey white like the same type of energy yeah i was gonna say yeah sharks is very much in that vein it's got like that punk jazz vibe and very you know very up tempo it's got a swing beat but it could be like a punky kind of rocker yeah. you know and, like a rockabilly combines yeah but yeah, like the rockabilly vibe, and yeah, I, I would yeah. agree on that assessment that Sharks and Honey White are probably the most aggressive sounding songs on the record, uh, which is totally awesome. And and uh, you know, I think with that said, like yeah, the rest of the album it does put you in a mindset, and you do you have to be in the right mindset to hear it. And I totally understand where you're coming from, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and it's I, they also I, I I'm kind of on the same pages bread i would say out of you know except i have i'm lucky enough that i have friends that i've known since i was like eight years old and like we're still really good friends so other than those guys that like we obviously share a ton in common in music taste um i would say brett is probably out of those few guys is probably the most he's we most closely relate in in types of music that we really like and i'm i'm on the same page as brett it's just like the context is super important for this record like where and when you listen to it and i think Right. Definitely setting it up to um, putting yourself in the right scenario to enjoy it the most is like super important for this. If it's not something that you already know that you like, right? Yeah. Um, and I can't say I liked every song. Where like I'll go back and listen to it again. But the songs that sure. I did like, I honestly like they grew on me. Like I listened to this record yeah. several times before we were, we uh, started recording, and it's yeah. they're the ones that I did like really grew on me like scratch i yeah i genuinely like fucking really like scratch and i uh and, and i think the songs i did like were also the catchier ones too like i like sure. scratch a lot and i liked all your way a lot like that's a cool one, those yeah. are my two choice nugs like scratch has like that super catchy bass line and saxophone part yep. like mm-hmm. and and it's a cool especially cool coming from honey white because scratch is like the second track on the, on yeah, the record, track right two. It slows yeah, it down. It's such a contrast to Honey White's aggressive like energy. You know? Yes, it's a lot more of a chill vibe, more of that yeah. that Chicago bar vibe. I feel like a little bit. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, very brick and mortar type of vibe. Man. Yeah, you're just in a yeah. in a dark, dingy room. I, I like a, the. It sounds like he has a lot of like almost like a hall reverb on his voice. Yeah, adds to the space a little bit of the song. Like there's no there's no space in Honey White, you know, except for the chorus. Nah. The chorus is. is pretty cool spacey but yeah scratch is a lot more open and airy and spacey and it and it with the reverb that they put on his voice it really does put you in a in a bar like in a blues yeah. bar or something in in chicago you know right um yeah that's a good yeah i said something like uh 
Yeah, I can imagine myself passed out in the bathroom with a lit cigarette in my hands listening to the song. <laughs> That's actually not too far off. <laughs> That's pretty good vibe, yeah. But it is catchy, and it has it has yeah. that kind of driving beat, but it's it is low tempo. Yeah. Um, and That's another one too. Where like, like, sorry, I mean, no, no. I was gonna say like the only like like the the chorus refrain like you know he uh, it's another part of that like sardonic ironic uh, you know kind of sarcastic humor. He's like I lost everything I had starting over from scratch. You know, basically saying like hey I started over and you know I got nothing so I gotta like rebuild my life. You know it's mm. but he's like taking the piss out of. It. He's like oh I gotta start over again. <laughs> oh whoop de do. <laughs> yeah, because he's like starting over from scratch, but then it's like, so it's still like, it's, so he's still it's not a, minor. He's still, he's still feeling himself. You yeah. Know? He, yeah, it's still, it's still, still in a major got, key. That, that, yeah, still got that baseline going. Oh yeah, no, I, I can understand that. Like, you know, it definitely does. Uh, it is a moody record. You have to be in the my right mindset for it. I totally understand that. But my advice, uh, you know, not. <clears throat> My advice would be uh, let it, you know, I know you say let, you let it grow on you for a while. It's definitely one of those albums, and, and Morphine in general, they're a band that they take a while to kind of absorb, but like, you know, let, let they're like wine. Let them age a little bit, you know, give it, you'll come back to it in like six months, mm. and you're like, mm, no, that's good. It'll <laughs> it'll hit you. It'll hit you hard. It's good stuff. Because I was the same way. When I first heard it, I'm like, oh, it seems kind of gimmicky, or it seems kind of whatever. And this was back in college, and I picked up Care for Pain. And I thought I was like, oh, the songs kind of sound the same, or they're good, but you know, kind of, kind of not not dismissing them, but just feeling, like, oh, I, you know, they're good, but you got to be in the mood for it. And then you know, eventually they grow on you, and you come back to it, and you're like, mm, okay, Cure for Pain, that's a good one. You know, well, all these other tunes. Yes, I feel like it's just they just crystallized a better version of what Cure for Pain and their earlier stuff was. Yeah, but yeah, well, they the, definitely grow on you over the years. So. The uh, kind of the uh, disadvantage of having a weekly podcast is that. We do kind of only get a week to listen to these albums, but sure, it actually sure. might be a great idea if we, every month or couple months or so, maybe we have an episode where we go back and we listen to some albums, oh, revisit. see if they've maybe grown on us, you know, revisit them. Sure. Maybe that's a cool idea. We, we think bad. about that. Bad Thanks, idea. Jay. That's You kind of just sprouted that whole idea out of thin air. Oh. <laughs> oh, cool! It's a cool idea, well, yeah. Especially like yeah. maybe the albums that we rated the you know the lower on the lower end. It's just yeah, like, let's go right. back and see like do we still feel the mm-hmm. same way? Because I honestly uh, was like fucking nervous to talk about this record because I knew how much you liked it. And my first go around, I was just like, oh god, I don't I don't really think I like this that much. And then this the second and third time, and every time after that, it yeah. it really did. Um, start growing on me like i like i started liking it more than i expected to and Mm -hmm. the every time i heard the song again i liked it more than i had than i did when i heard it the the previous time sure so yeah no totally that's awesome yeah i think it's like knowing what you're getting into is a big thing like um i couldn't just put on a thrash album if i didn't know that i was about to listen to a thrash album (laughs) right yeah i could see that kind of blindsiding it yeah yeah so I feel like that's yeah. that's kind of like where, what we're dealing with here. And yeah, it is very um, – it's detrimental to um, giving a really, you know, um, educated uh, review or analysis or whatever yeah. because, like, these are really just initial reactions that we we have a week to listen to these records. We listen to as many times as no, we can totally in a week. Understand. And then yeah. 
Um, sure. And that's kind of the same thing with my albums of the day where I was like, I literally heard this once. I wrote this review immediately after I fucking yeah. heard this record. I might not feel the same way right. if I listen to it again. But hey, man, yeah. I, I'm doing one a fucking day. I got to fucking blast through these things. No, you know? I, I totally. Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. Yeah. And like, you know, sometimes, you know, it's a time crunch or, or whatever it is that you have to do. Like you hear it and then you're like, OK, I'm not really feeling it. But then if you feel adventurous, well, maybe six months or, or maybe a couple of years or whatever it is go back to it I'm like yeah you might feel different about it yeah for sure but yeah definitely yeah. And, and that's happened to me a few times i'm sure it happens to oh guys yeah once in a while all the time uh, yeah yeah it usually takes i think it's a mood yeah like i said i think it's a mood thing i think like you put on an album whether it's you know more uh, yes or or whatever else like thrash or something and you just may not be in the mood for it you're like all right i'm in a really high energetic mood and this album is like a you know reggae chill jazz or whatever and i'm just not feeling it but you're like well i want to review it and at the time it doesn't hit you but then you know a week later you're different mindset and you're like this album's great i just you know right. i have my blinders on yeah my peaky blinders <laughs> you know i haven't it's been it's been a while since i've had a girlfriend and we've broken up or we've sure. hit a snag so maybe i'll do that real quick so i can yeah. kind of get more in the mood of this album <laughs> yeah. yeah after i, I heard this album the first more. time I got in a huge fight with Christina just right before I listened to it a second time, just so I could like get in the right mindset. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Fuck you, man!" And then like went and listened to this. Oh, record. Oh, jeez, what have I unleashed on this world? <laughs> so, uh, no, but I'm glad. I'm glad. You know, I'm glad you guys got to hear it. And uh, no, I'm very interested to hear your opinions on it. And uh, you know, like I said, you know, it's, I know it's it's definitely one of those like very unusual mid '90s pieces, but. You know, I, it's one of those. I feel like it's a grower, and you know, I feel like the like, Morphine's legacy is growing over the years. Like people starting to like, oh, this band right. mm. from Cambridge, you know, from Boston, from Boston, and they just, I feel like they just age really gracefully. All right, well, that's my opinion as a, as a fan. Don't you, uh, don't you leave just yet, Jay? We got to get to sure. our most important uh, section of the podcast, which is the Nar Nugs. Uh, okay. I don't know if, Nar Nugs. I don't know if Lucas told you about this. Oh, uh, uh huh. You did so. Yeah, we yeah. pick our two favorite songs on the record, and we kind of sure. talk about them a little. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so I already I, mentioned Scratch, right? Like that's one yep. of mine, and All Your Way is my other one. That's a good I one, think. Man. Yeah, like I said, like I think they're those are for me two of the catchier songs, and um, yeah, something about All Your Way just feels so '90s. The the melody that he's singing or something yeah. is so '90s to me. <laughs> Yeah. I love the the melody that he sings in the refrain a lot. Yeah. Um and it's it is kind of like another another laid back song but kind of more jam bandy. Yeah, I could see that. Or hear it rather. Yeah. yeah. It's uh the the bass line's very bouncy and then uh when Dana Colley comes in with that, that sax uh, melody, it's like but a ba 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 It's almost Dave Matthews. It, 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 yeah, Dave yeah, it is very Dave Matthews. Yeah. Uh yeah, very jammy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a good way to describe that. It's not so. It, it I think, because it's also in like a more of a major key, and it just, it still expresses that that loving loss or you know, kind of downtrodden vibe. But it's more uplifting because it because it isn't that jammy major key. I don't know, but you know, that's that's the technical stuff. But yeah, <laughs> I think uh, you know, I, I that's a it's it's one of their better ones. One definitely one of the catchy ones. Yeah, those are my two nugs for sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, sure. Mine were uh, Scratch as well and Sharks. Uh, okay. Sharks, I liked it. You know, the more rockabilly punk kind of thing. I liked oh, sure. how he delivered some of the lines when he was like, you know, swim as fast as you can. Better swim, motherfucker. 
Swim. Yeah. <laughs> Swim like a mother. And it's got and that the, uh, the crazy sax solo at the end. I love mm. crazy sax oh, solos yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. It's very um, – have you guys ever listened to uh, Funhouse by the Stooges? If you ever get a chance to listen, that's got some crazy saxophone wild out there type of I've shit. Been, I know that's a, that's a different day. But, I've been meaning to get uh, to the Stooges for sure. <laughs> they are fantastic. But yeah, no, Sharks definitely has like that crazy uh, abrupt. Uh, oh, I love it. It just abruptly ends too. Like it has that crazy yeah. saxophone solo and the bass is getting crazy and they're all like getting like that building that tension up. And then it just, you know, bah, 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 and it just ends. I, <laughs> I feel like it. it goes into Free Love so well. Like I thought Free Love, the song after, yeah. I thought that was the outro yeah. of Sharks. And I was like, ooh, cool outro. And I'm like, oh, wait, this is a different song. <laughs> yeah, that's a cool song, Free Love, yeah. Uh, it's got that. That's that. Like in terms of sax prowess, like that's probably that and Whisper are probably Dana Colley's best sax tracks. Like they they're so sexy on those songs, you know. Mm, for sure, Shark very, Sharks very totally sexy. does have a punk vibe to it. Totally. Yeah. Uh, so what were yours, oh, yeah. Jay? I was gonna go with. Um, I was gonna go with Super Sex and. Probably Whisper, to be honest, mm. just because those two songs are just so like, like Whisper's got like that saxophone solo is just so good. Oh yeah, it's just it's just it just, it just hair it stands just, on on end. It just holds you just, gently. Yeah, it just yeah, it's just like the down in on now. It's just the way he like, oh man, I, it it gives me chills. And then Super Sex, just the the vibe and just like, I don't know, I just I've always just I just really love the way he delivers that chorus and. You know, the, the, the saxophones kind of mimic, like, car horns. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like a busy New York right. or Chicago yeah, I didn't intersection. Notice yeah, and then, like, the, he's talking about neon signs and bars and taxis. And I was like, you know, he's really capturing that, that Boston, Chicago, you know, metropolitan uh, city imagery so well in, in song form. So that's that's probably my other second favorite on the record. So definitely, uh, yeah. And I, I th- Whisper, Whisper and Super Sex. I think Super Sex has a bit of synth in there as well. Is that right? Uh, I think so. It might be. Uh, yeah, like, I know they definitely experimented with some of that stuff. Yeah. You are a super ultra mix of mega, super funky <laughs> love baby. Automatic taxi stop electric cigarette <laughs> love baby hotel rock and roller discotheque electric <laughs> super sex. <laughs> so good. Love it. That's got some goof to it, but uh, it's goof that I can appreciate. Oh yeah. Oh, very much so. He it's. Stream of consciousness. That's the phrase I was looking for. That's what that's what I love about Mark Sandman's lyrics. They're very stream of consciousness. He's just gonna tell you exactly what pops into his head and doesn't care. He's like, Oh, that's it. Baseline's down. It's out there now. I need a superstar, I need a candy bar. Candy (laughs) super (laughs) Yeah, good one. Oh yeah. Did you know the president has super 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 sex? Yeah. I can appreciate when someone's California not afraid. California baby doll, all right. I can appreciate when someone's not afraid to to be a little goofball. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it really is kind of a it, it's a it's a big loss of when he passed and sure. I mean, he was just a genius and just you know. Uh, but you know they put out I want to say they put out five albums and then that bootleg in Detroit one and then, you know they they've got a couple things here and there but yeah they had five uh, studio albums. And then, uh, you know, Vapors and Morphine occasionally will tour, you know, play when they can. So, like, there's still a legacy. They, they left a great body of music behind. Mm. And, you know, I'm, I'm just hoping that more people find out about it. I'm glad you guys are got to finally hear it. For sure. Yeah. yeah hopefully awesome. uh, hopefully we can oh, convince yeah. some people to listen to it with this episode. 
Yeah. I so yeah. I think there's yep. going to be some people that are going to find it at least like they're going to be curious because it's such a unique sound and a, and uh, Oh yeah. Yeah, sure. I like again, I can't think of yeah. a band that sounds like this other than nothing. I yeah, I I can't either. I'm just like, you know. Yeah, it it's I mean, they just they just were just a total anomaly in the 90s and they just I've just gotten better aged, you know, in the last 20 years or whatever. Yeah. Right. They aged like fine wine, not like bread. Aged like honey <laughs> exactly. white wine. Ooh. Yeah, there you go. Ooh. <laughs> so let's uh, rankings. We ranked the album zero to ten. Uh, decimal points are allowed. Decimal points sure. are allowed. Michael hates yep. that, but we don't care. That's fine. That's very pitchfork. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Do you prefer zero to a hundred or ABCD? I prefer whatever you guys want. Whatever works in your wheel. Michael thinks going above five is ridiculous, and I'm just like, you know what? I do a I do a scale of ten. <laughs> <laughs> Everything sucks. The subtleties. There there are too many subtleties yeah, for it to be zero to five. Too many you know? notes. Too many yeah. flavors in there. You gotta fucking break them up a little. Yeah. Too many, too many flavors. Too many notes in the mix. So what would, what would you rate this, Jay? I would say it's certainly not a perfect album. So I'm not going to get the, the, the 9, 10, or the 8, 10. I would give it, in all fairness, I would give, I'd probably give it a 7.9. Okay. Okay. 7.8 out of 10. Yeah. Maybe a, maybe an 8 out of 10. You know what? Let's just round it up. 7.8. 7. Yeah. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt. The guy's dead. Let's get. Let's throw him with something. You know. What? Why would uh? Why would you not rate it like a not like what? What about it? Would you say like you would like to be different? I think, like you said, you know, just thinking about the the from the uh, what do you call it the uh, the perspective. Like, yeah, it's moody. It's one of those like right off the bat. Like, if you're not feeling it, you're you know just not gonna. It's gonna it, be you tough know, to win you over. You to, right. Yeah, it's gonna take a minute to kind of get on your your. Um, your side and it's not to take away from the music or whatever it's great i'm just being more critical in, in in general i would give it you know like i said a 7.9 7.8 something like that just because it is a lot to digest in one sitting but it, it's, it's an amazing album and you know like i said nine ten whatever you know ten perfect record no that doesn't exist you know it, it's gonna have its flaws and there are times i feel like it does drag a little bit here and there but it's very minuscule and then, uh, I don't know. I just, um, like I said, you know, now with the, when you you got to be in the right mood for sure. it. And I feel like when you're not in the mood for it, it kind of takes away a little bit. But when you're in the mood for it, it does. It just hits so well. And I just, right. I feel like the music is great in general. And yeah, I just, I would, like I said, give it a seven point eight, seven point nine. Okay, cool, man. Lucas, that's fair. Um, yeah, man. I, you know, and this has been the case with a few albums that we've talked about that at first I was like, oh man, I'm just going to piss Jay off with my rating. This is not going to go well. <laughs> and then after repeated <laughs> listens, it really did go up quite a bit. And, and like I, I predicted sure. too, man, talking through it with you, understanding yeah. your perspective as to why you like it so much kind of helps me kind of, yeah. again, listen to it through a different filter a little bit. And sure, so sure. I feel like my rating has gone up while we've been talking about it and I'm listening to it while we're talking and, oh, okay, good. and there's definitely a lot more yeah. that I appreciated from it than, you know, I did from the first jump. So I would sure. say I'd give this like a, and it's probably going to go up over time to be honest, but I'm going to give it a 6.0. Sure. Sure. Okay. Six out of Cause I, like All I right. said, the, I'll, the songs I like, I really do like, like they're going to, I'm going to come yeah. back to them. One, one other one I forgot to mention sure. was, uh, I had my chance. 
I I dig that song. Yeah. Like it has a cool like Middle Eastern Eastern European saxophone line and a very yeah. noir detective pulpy yeah. vibe. Like yeah. he's like tailing someone, you know, like or something. Like yeah. yeah so I I'd, I'd say a solid six point oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that song had some great one of the be- one of my favorite music moments on the record was uh, that mm-hmm. one you just mentioned. The banana. Okay. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. That is a cool it's nice. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Brett? Uh, what you got? God, I've been, I've been, I've been kind of going back and forth and toiling through this all day. <laughs> uh, but just kind of being true to myself and where I am right now. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, talking through it did, did have it go up. Uh, with that being said, like it's probably not something I'll listen to often. If I if we do revisit, you know, I'll be ve- I'll be happy to listen to it again. Sure. But I'm probably gonna go around like a four point eight for me. Okay. And that's fair enough. Like that's just my personal thing. That's like I'm kind of yeah still like not sure I feel about it. Sure. You know. Yeah. Uh, no, and that's you know that's the beautiful thing about music, man. It's just it's all about interpretation, and like you said, you know, right now you're feeling this or you're feeling whatever, and then you know maybe it changes, maybe it stays the same. Yeah. But no, I'm I'm always interested to hear other people's opinions on stuff too. Yeah, and it doesn't it, like it doesn't take away from the band at all. Like I don't think it, no. they're bad music or it's a bad band or anything. No, it's just yeah, just how you. Feel. Yeah, that's the thing just, is like taste yeah. is not objective, so like. Like we talked about that on the uh, on the Pet Sounds episode because we were just like, man, this is such a beloved record, and me and Brett neither of yeah. us liked it, and we were just like, fuck, we feel bad like saying that we don't like something that we know is like almost <laughs> universally loved, you know? So it's like, but yeah, you'd yeah. be really, it's you know, it's it's also subjective and taste is subjective, but it's also like whether I liked it as much as I wanted to or not or whatever, um, yeah. the appreciation of like having it be introduced to me you know like it's there's there's still like i still am happy that i listen to it yeah that's 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 the bottom line like yeah like you may not agree with what the general consensus is like i know pet sounds you know it's up there with sergeant pepper number two on rolling stones fucking greatest albums of all time yeah it's just one of those albums that was just so like you know right place right time and you know of course it just is a timepiece but i can understand you're you're both having a different opinion on it and there's certainly nothing wrong with that but it's also like i just you know you like basically like you're saying like i don't agree with the sound or i don't i don't like gravitate toward it it doesn't mean it's not bad it's just how i feel right i think i don't know if you've heard that episode but we both apologize to you and michael (laughs) (laughs) oh (laughs) we were like god damn it we have we know two guys i I actually welcome a dis I know, no. I, I actually welcome discourse. I actually appreciate when people uh, say they don't like something. I'm like, okay, I'm interested to see why, because it's a different perspective. Right. right. Well, yeah. Like, I know Lucas, you hate uh, damaged by Black Flag with a passion, <laughs> which I'm like, wow, okay. Sorry. <laughs> yep. Fine. Yep. I think it's hysterical, but uh, you know, I, I love that album. I, I know you don't, which is fine. But it just, uh, I totally understand. I totally get it. I, I totally understand. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to, you know. Obviously, for another discussion, but I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm interested to hear when you say why you don't like it. Yeah. So doesn't mean right, wrong, whatever. It's just different opinions, and those are always, for me, they're always welcome. Yeah. And I think there's a big difference between saying I didn't like it and saying it sucks. Because then it's like, 
Right. Yeah, it's I can't yeah. just because I don't like it doesn't mean it sucks, you know, or doesn't mean it's it's bad. Right. When, yeah, you said taste in music is subjective, yeah. you know. And especially when we've all been involved in making music and going in the studio and production and you get so much more respect for what actually goes into making an album, right? Yep. Yeah. That it's oh, the yeah. same thing it, as it, like Oh, sorry, Brett. Yeah. No, I was just it it just makes you respect these albums more and even if you don't like them you remember what you went through and what these people go through and yeah. the, the amount of time and energy work that went into it and yeah releasing you know. releasing an album is so much fucking work in and of itself you know like oh, yeah. that's yes, why it's it like is. as people like who have been in bands for a lot of our lives you know like the fact that you and have been in and wild tinderbox has been a thing for seven years like is a huge accomplishment and just releasing yeah. one record is a huge accomplishment so it's just like right. yeah, yeah. I, you can respect the craft <laughs> yeah. you know a lot oh yeah it's yeah no i mean yeah exactly like you know production is it's in fun it's fun in theory don't get me wrong and it is fun but yeah there's a whole lot of it's know, a like slog you guys, dude. you guys cut death rattle valley and look alive i mean you know you work with one of the best. You work with Mr. Jason Richard. Fuck yeah, amazing. man. You know, he's a great Respect. guy. And one of the best producers in, in all of yep. Austin. Clockwright Studios, look you him know. up. Clockwright Studio. And, you know, and, and that's why we decided to, to work with him on Hard Boiled. It's like, he's just, you know, you had such a great rapport with him. And that's why we started working with him. But, yeah, just, you know, production in general, it's it's very difficult. It's tough. Yes. Yeah. You know, very physically and mentally demanding. But, you know, it's, it's like distilling you know 5,000 gallons of water and then you know into whatever like a tank and you get you know 100 liters of whatever yeah you know, like really yeah. nice water. really really good water <laughs> you know basically yeah really 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 good water no it, i mean you know you spend hours and hours in the studio to get what 56 minutes of music so that 56 minutes of the music of the final product you're going to listen to that took hours to put together mm. and, and and make and but that 56 minutes is really something you can be proud of you know? right you know for or 42 or 31 minutes well, however time duration but you know when i put on uh death rattle valley like i freaking love that album thanks man. Oh, i told brad and, and mike like jam the shit out of that thanks, record man. so good yeah, yeah. that's the- freaking bring up bring all your fire man that tune oh oh god that <laughs> thanks man that's one of my favorites too i love it it's so good yeah and then Freaking Michael with the solo. Like, when I first heard when you guys first played that song, I was like, "What the hell? Stop me!" I'm like, "What the hell yeah. is this?" This is so Michael's, good. Like, I've told <laughs> the guys so many times too, like um, that I'm. I've. This is the music that I've been the most proud of. Like, I was in a really fun band in high school, and I love that band, and I love that music still to this day. But yeah. it's like, this yeah. is a different level for me of songwriting, and it was very, very challenging for me. Yep. And I just I. Yeah. I am so lucky to have played it with those, with these three guys, you know, like it wouldn't, nothing would be the same if, if not for, you know, Brett and Luis and Michael, like throwing in their, their fucking, their seasoning into it, you know, like their, their vibes and their styles. And, um, and like I told Brett too, man, like the difference between look alive and death rattle Valley is pretty fucking big. And it's like, he, that shows like his influence on the band too. You know, it's like, whenever fucking uh brad joined like it's a it's an influence like they have you know they changed the 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 scene a little bit so yeah yeah they 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 they, like i know for for us like we we did daughters of lightning in 2018 and that that album's okay like i i enjoy there's some good stuff on there hard-boiled 
There is, and I'm, I'm happy with it, you know, for, for what it is, but that's certainly, like, that's our first album. I'm like, okay, it's a, first, it's a good first effort. And then with Brad joining, while that album was being written, you know, like, once he started to feel more comfortable in the band, I feel like he started to express more ideas, and, and it certainly shows on Hard Boy. It's like 40 Fathoms, which is track six, like, that's mainly Brad's tune. Like, he wrote the guitar parts, he wrote the lyrics, and, you know, we all, could, we all collaborated, and we write all the stuff together. Love that together, song. But, you could tell like that, like that one specifically. That's that's all Brad right there. Dude, like, yep, that that one in Creature from buried. the Void is just like just get, uh, I just they're so juiced, just fully juiced. I, I've always Creature I've always been a fan of Generation Generator. Oh yeah, that's me and Michael's favorite too, man. But, uh, Final Descent. Dude, I don't know if I've told you this, Jay. I don't know if anyone's told you this, but we've used your music for D and D sessions. That is amazing. I am very honored to hear that. I used your. I used, <laughs> awesome. I, I think I used Final Descent as like the Battle intro music. boss music. Yeah, it was for like, like their first awesome. big boss. Yeah. And uh, a little little uh, tidbit about that one, a little trivia. That's another uh, Brad Whitfield composition. Yeah. He wrote the lyrics for that one, and wrote the opening riff. Like that's it. That's all. Oh him. wow. So we like I said, we all contribute to the uh, the songs, but. That one uh, started as primarily one of Brad's tunes, so that's cool, yeah. man. Thank Mr. Whitfield for that one. Yeah, that was definitely like the first few D and D sessions we had. It was like anytime we got into a battle, it's like all of a sudden fucking Wild Tinderbox starts playing, and, and uh, we'd, I'd see Brittany and Luis in one camera and Brett in the other camera, and all of us are just like, <laughs> <laughs> it added that's so awesome. much to the vibe, Thank man. You no, I mean I, I jam. Uh, bring all your fire and work, and psychic violence is still one of my top top narnugs. Of you, you must, guys, you must be the one that keeps getting his plays on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> Likewise, I think mean, keep our yeah, numbers up. Yeah, man. Too. Uh, Brett, all what right, would you well, uh, what would you rate this episode, my man? I'm gonna rate this episode. You know what? It's gonna be a seven point eight, seven point nine, maybe. Yeah. Okay. That's I'm gonna fair. I'm gonna I'm gonna match you there because I know that this is a bit that we do, but. In all honesty, I'm definitely this is this was so fun, man. Jay, it was so fun having you on this show. Cool, and, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, Thanks for having me, guys. It was a lot of fun. Man. Yeah, man. It, like, love having you on. If you want to like plug your stuff real quick, yeah, like get people to your website. Sure, why not? Uh, Do it. Come on. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, anybody listening out there, I play in Wild Tinderbox. I am the singer, the guitarist. We have our second album currently streaming, a Hard Boiled Fire. It's on Spotify, Apple Music. YouTube, music, uh, Bandcamp, you know, it's available to buy on there too. Mm. So look on Spotify, Wild Tinderbox, you know, Hard Boiled Fire. It's all on Check there. it out, y'all, for real. If you like rock and roll music. We're on Instagram, all that stuff. Twitter, all that Fuck stuff. Fuck yeah. Right. All over the place. So thanks, guys. This was dude, a lot of fun. Super fun, man. Of course, man. Um, Brett, yeah. dude, I feel like for the next episode, I feel like we should dip back into hip hop maybe a little bit. Maybe like, you know, we've only done one rap album dude i feel like i've been so caged in to this like rock genre we've kind of been in Mm -hmm. i'd like someone to get a key and just like set me free man unlock you maybe you want to feel unlocked if 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 i could get (laughs) unlocked real quick well i i think shit dude uh i have an idea oh really how about um unlocked by denzel curry and kenny beats well, that sounds ex- like exactly what I need right now, Lucas. That was one of the albums I listened to last year as an album of the day. Your recommendation. Yes, and sir. And I fucking loved it. And yes, that is what the next episode is going to be. We're going to be talking about Denzel cool. Curry, one of the most hype fucking rappers 
on the fucking in the market right now. Super cool. excited to talk about that. Uh, check out our Instagram, y'all. Thank you for listening. Our Instagram is ebpcast. Uh, my Instagram is at Jean-Luc Guitard. Brett's is at Brett Hanrahan. Uh, you can fucking leave us a goddamn comment for once. Uh, maybe my mom know. says if we don't get a comment in the next couple episodes, I'm grounded for like two months. Yeah, and then there goes y'all's so. favorite fucking indie podcast. All right. Yeah. So shoot oh, us yeah. a, a damn comment. <laughs> Uh, thank you all for listening so much uh, Jay thank you again yes. for guest starring on thank you guys. we're, we're going to be sure yeah, to get you on in the future definitely again man sure. anytime you want to be on my guy hell yeah thank you <laughs> hell yeah appreciate anytime. it guys Brett this was good Lucas this this was good alright and we'll stop recording in 3 2 1